Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. This is The Branson View, a show that celebrates true stories of life and business from America's heartland. Join us each week in the pursuit of freedom, truth, and courage that inspires us to take action. Let's get started. Well, hello, and welcome to The Branson View. Oh my gosh, I am so super elated to have our guest on today, Mr. Mark McDonald. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Yes, super exciting. I can't wait to get into your book. But first off, I do want to share the story of how we met and how crazy it is for you to be on the show today. So I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to give my version. And then then you tell me if it's like, if it's correct, you know, because sometimes we don't remember things correctly. But so Mark and I met on a photo shoot for Lowe's Home Improvement at least 20 years ago. Is that right? Well, it's probably about that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so crazy because, um, so it was a really long shoot day, I remember. And so I remember you bringing your laptop and you were working on some things and I was working on some things and we had a little bit of conversation. You told me about your beautiful wife, Tammy. Yes. And I said, Tammy, that's my name. And I remember you saying, well, I'll never forget your name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. oh, so exciting. Well, and it's so crazy. I mean, it just feels like another lifetime ago. Um, and and I always joked about uh, any time that I, I was the standard American dad and I'm Canadian, <laughs> eh? So, um, you know, I get put into these roles as the American dad and then I'm always given what I started to, to refer to as my fake wives. And yeah. so I would start talking on social media about my fake wives. And people were like, is your wife okay with this? And it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, she is. As long as I know that they're fake and then I come home to the real life. Yeah. Amen, brother. Absolutely. But it was so sweet because I remember you had such a beautiful heart for the Lord. And I know that we had some conversations at the time. Um, I believe you were at Calvary. Yes. Calvary Baptist. Yeah, because I remember talking about Gary Chapman and we knew some people, you know, in in the same circles, in the church circles. And so at that time, I believe, uh, I was thinking back, I think I actually was a youth pastor. You were a youth pastor? Yeah. I, I don't remember that. That's where I started in ministry. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So, you know, and it's crazy because like I've been watching you and your family and your business on social media, and it's so much fun to watch how the Lord has just, you know, uh, wow, blossomed your career and everything that you're doing. And I'm reading your book right now. I recommend this book to every person. And I, I know, you know, you wrote this book, you know, for the church, which is a beautiful sentiment. But as I'm reading it, I'm just connecting as a business person and as an individual. These are just timeless principles. And so I would love for you today to, you know, share your heart about the book and what 
led you to write the book and your passion for the church? Uh, that's that's awesome. What a, I mean, what a great question. I mean, the book called Be Known for Something, um, it really is uh, a, a kind of a culmination of everything that I've experienced in my life. Um, so just to, you know, I am Canadian, so I'm from East Coast, Canada. And tell me, tell me where from Ontario? No, from New Brunswick. Now that is way north, right? Way east. So we're east of Maine. So oh, if you go goodness. up I-95 all the way to the top of Maine and you hang right, then you get into New Brunswick. Most people know Nova Scotia right. and they they consider New Brunswick kind of the drive-through province where you get to Nova Scotia or to Prince Edward Island. Now, the winters there are pretty brutal. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we get <laughs> uh, in New Brunswick, they get kind of an average of about 10 feet of snow every wow. winter. So. I do not miss that at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and it, the thing is, is that when I started in the advertising agency uh, industry, I mean, who knew that I would ever be where I'm at right now? But I, I kind of made my way to the top of one of Eastern Canada's largest ad agencies. And I, I'm a graphic designer by trade. I mean, that's what my degree's in. And what I realized like everybody is always interested in the things that that they're interested in. And, you know, I I poured my life into graphic design. And and the more that I worked in graphic design and the more I wanted to climb to the top of the agency business, I realized, okay, well, maybe it's not just about the design. It's more about the content of what I'm designing. Mm-hmm. And so as I started working my way to the top and became creative director, I realized, you know, if we could try to figure out our the content that we're known for, then people would actually need us for something. And and that's I mean, that's kind of the the setup of it all. Mm-hmm. And then we moved from Canada to North Carolina to Winston-Salem. And uh, and it was there that that I just realized, okay, so the church needs this information. Like why the church didn't get it along the way. Like, and I think it's just that that whole pushback of of business principles. Sometimes, you know, the church just says, I mean, that's for business. We're, we're the church. We don't need marketing. And, and ultimately marketing is just taking a product to market and trying to figure out uh, what that product is known for so that the market would be interested in it. And what an evangelistic tool, you know, if you, if you think about it and I, I love, okay. So I have to ask you about the funeral singer. <laughs> okay. So that's really how all of this kind of got started. I, so while I was in Canada um, I recorded an album with uh, the at the Gaither Studios and with Sandy Patty Producers, and uh, and I started traveling singing, and and so I became known as the the singer in town, and in this small community where the big agency was, right next door was a, a funeral home, and the funeral home. Uh, they reached out to me to say, we understand that you sing. Would you be interested in singing at funerals if they don't, if the family doesn't have somebody that can sing? 
So I said, uh, sure. I, uh, well, anyway, long story short, I became the funeral singer, which is much different than the wedding singer. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's still the same amount of tears, I think, at both of those ceremonies. But um, but what I what I found was I would be sitting there in in the funeral and I would get choked up because people one by one would get up and talk about the person who had passed away. And and I kept thinking, so does that person know or did they know before they died what everyone thought about them? And and I I kept thinking, well, so what if, you know, we get to the end of our life and we're ultimately known for something and the people who get up to speak are speaking for such short period of times that they've really summed up the person's life. And people who I didn't know, um, I would get a really big synopsis of their life. And I just kept thinking, Mm -hmm. so what if we could be known for something and we could determine what that synopsis is when we die and, and actually just put into place all the steps so that we become known for that and and make sure that we we help craft and control that message which is really the ultimate you know the, the book is how do you craft that message whether it's for a church or whether it's for business or whether it's for you personally right i love that you made that message so concise with the theme of the thread Oh my gosh. When I when I read how you you used the Bible as an example and you said the common thread. What's the common thread in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? And it's Jesus. And I was like, wow, this this book is absolutely incredible. And how you how you made me think about that. You know, you made me think about my own life and you know what do, you know, what am I supposed to be known for, you know? And so that is so thought provoking. Tell me more about how you came up with the thread. Well, the whole concept of the scarlet thread, which is the blood of Christ that's drizzled all the way from Genesis to Revelation. I mean, the, the kind of the fun of the complexity of the Bible is that you can take any chapter or any verse or any story, any parable Mm -hmm. and immediately connect it back to the scarlet thread. And, and sometimes our lives get so complex and we think there's just no way that I could have one thread. I mean, the Bible, I mean, talk about a complex book. I, I mean, people study it for their entire lives and they still don't quite figure it all out. But anytime that somebody says, I'm just not sure why that passage is important, all I have to think about is how does it connect back to the scarlet thread? And and so our lives, I mean, we have to point to the scarlet thread. And oftentimes the church says, you know, well, that's what we wanna be known for. We wanna be known for the scarlet thread. And that scarlet thread of the gospel is something that you should be known for, but oftentimes you need to have a component in between where you catch people's interest and you engage with them and then connect them to the scarlet thread. So so the thread that you're known for 
oftentimes just needs to be relevant and needed in people's lives. And then you need to be able to intertwine that and connect it back to the Scarlet Thread. Wow, that is so profound. We all hope to age gracefully so we can enjoy our later years full of energy, vitality, and good health. But so often with age, our bodies start to show signs that things just aren't as they used to be. Our energy, skin, healing and recovery time, sleep, it all just seems to go downhill. Unless you're using LifeWave. Since 2004, LifeWave has been delivering its amazing life-enhancing technology to people across the world, always helping the body do what it was designed to do, only better. And as it turns out, the best was yet to come. David Schmidt, our founder, creative force, and world-class inventor behind LifeWave technology, has recently achieved something in the field of regenerative science with a single LifeWave patch that researchers worldwide, spending years and billions of dollars, could not. Introducing LifeWave X39, the world's first product ever to activate stem cells, a true breakthrough in regenerative science that helps restore our bodies to a healthier, more youthful state in a way no other product can. The secret? By harnessing the power of LifeWave's patented phototherapy, X39 uses light to elevate a peptide proven to signal the activation of stem cells. Think about it. These are the cells that generate and regenerate all the cells and structures of the human body. They're the building blocks for our organs, tissues, blood, and immune system. They also serve as an internal repair system everywhere. But as we age, stem cells become less effective. Their ability to repair damaged tissue is reduced. In fact, by age 60, they've slowed dramatically. But all that changes when just one LifeWave X39 patch is placed anywhere on the body each day. Instead of older and less effective stem cells, X39 supports the production of younger and healthier stem cells. This amazing level of control over your vitality and well-being was simply not possible, let alone this easy, until now. And the best part? Like all LifeWave patches, X39 is safe, non-invasive, and incredibly cost-effective. Look what people are saying about LifeWave X39. Backed by clinical studies, multiple patents, and 20 years of development, any one of these benefits would be impressive. But X39 is so effective, it can influence everything about your body, how you look, feel, perform, and heal. It's time you experience the power of X39. Live long, live well, live younger. Experience the power of LifeWave today. And, you know, it's funny that we talk about, you know, when I reached out to you to be on the show, you know, I made a comment about how we met and that connectivity. What, what did, what do you remember me being known for? And then what did I remember you being known for? And you're right. It's so exciting. Even though we have, um, jobs or activities or roles like you you mentioned the whole list of roles that that you've had in your lifetime and but to be known for something that like you said creates value for another person is is really like the core of of what you're saying is that right for sure and it's interesting cuz the the book the forward to the book was written by Gary Chapman who wrote the five love languages He's sold a whole lot more books than I have, but 
I, I can't so even far. <laughs> well, I can't believe, I mean, it's become an Amazon bestseller and, and yeah, congratulations. I'm, I'm just really, really hum- humbled by that mainly yeah. because like, I keep thinking back to, you know, when you read through scripture, I kept thinking, so, so if we do have a thread, what should that thread be? And yes, it needs to connect to the scarlet thread. But Jesus himself, when the disciples were all sitting around the table, I mean, Judas had just uh, betrayed Jesus. And and you can imagine how everyone was somewhat on edge because they knew yeah. something big was going to happen. Right. And, that, and one of the disciples says, so, so what would we be known for? That's a little bit of a paraphrase, but right. what would we be known for? And Jesus said, oh, they'll know you're my the Christ followers, my disciples, if you have love one towards another. And, and that whole concept of love and how that love has to be the big descriptor of who we are as disciples is huge. And that's why it's so great that, that Gary Chapman wrote the Ford because he's all about love languages and it's about love languages. So if you're going to love somebody, you need to do it in the way that they'll receive it as love. And, and ultimately, yes, our thread is about the scarlet thread that connects to love. And then something, how do, how do people around us uh, receive what we have to offer as love? And so our thread needs to connect directly to love, which will then directly connect to the scarlet thread. Right. And that goes back to what you said about framing the content, right? You know, from, from, I mean, I hate to be like technical, but from a marketing standpoint to tell your story and to frame that in a way that does connect. And you talk a lot about that in your book, connecting the church, connecting back to the community, you know, but if we think about it, um, and I don't want to like uh, minimize the church structure, but we are the church, right? And so if we think about that and we, what your book is really doing is it's getting down to the core of identity. And that's profound in the, the climate and the circumstances and the environment that we live in today where so many people are searching for, you know, a true identity and being able to communicate who they are in a way, like you said, that people understand and they value who that person is or who that organization is or who that church is. So, I, I mean, I'm really, I, I, I don't think that, I think your your book is tremendous and it has so many nuances that, you know, and as I read the book, I can hear you. And that is such a testimony to a writer, if you can hear that person when you're reading the book, that's that's profound. I think so. What do you what do you think about connecting the context, and how would you how would you help people? Well, discovering the thread and then creating the content. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm in communications, I'm in marketing, I'm I'm in design. I I want to connect with an audience. And in order to do that effectively, you have to understand your audience. But, but you know, we, as, you know, as business people, we, we typically talk about, you know, knowing your audience. Right. But Jesus called us to love our audience. And so what that really, 
says is know as much as possible so that you know their needs, concerns, and goals, and then become a solution to those. Because you love them, you know, it's, it's like your kids or, or the people around you, your friends. I mean, if they have a need, you want to help them with that need. And that's where we need to, to have a strong connection with our audience. And, and usually the complexity is, is how do you get to know your audience and how many audiences do you have? The church has an internal audience and an external audience. So your congregation and, and the community. But we all have two audiences, people who know us and are connected either sometimes very loosely to us. And then those people who aren't connected or don't even know about us yet. And so we have to make sure that we understand our internal audience and our external audience, and then really delve into what are they waking up with and are really concerned about, or Mm -hmm. what are, what, what are they waking up and thinking, man, if only I had this or you know, and sometimes it feels like it's on a positive side. It's the, man, all I want in life is this. Here's my big goal. And if you can become a path to those goals, or if you can become a solution to the needs or concerns, then that's where the sweet spot happens. And you, what we call engagement, where there's, where there's somebody would say, oh man, tell me a little bit more about that where oftentimes we think about marketing and people saying, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to open the email or I don't even want to look here or I don't want to spend the time with that. But if you can connect as quickly as possible with somebody through a, a solution or to a path, then people will say, yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. Right. And that's so important. Like you, you talk about in the church, um, the internal audience and I love it. I watched one of your videos and you were you were telling pastors to um you know that internal stop being an internal marketer <laughs> and um really think about the community outside and making sure that that communication and that content is written for you know both audiences. So you it's engagement and evangelism, right? Well, if you focus on your internal uh, you will almost always shrink or, or uh, become less relevant. <clears throat> and the reason why is because, uh, well, you can imagine, you know, people at Coca-Cola says, you know what, we don't really care about the people who don't drink Coca-Cola. It's just the people who drink Coca-Cola that we want to talk to. Well, that just sounds stupid. Yet sometimes we end up talking to the people who know us best mm-hmm. and and, and all of a sudden, you know, through, through either death or people leaving or moving, uh, the, you know, our organizations shrink because we need to constantly be uh, connected to the pipeline where, where the people are around us that don't know about us yet. Do you think we do that because it's comfortable? Yes. Oh, my word. So the thing is, in, the, in our, in our uh, lives of social media, we tend to collect people who think exactly like us. And it's just easier sometimes. And, and sometimes churches just want to talk to people who are Christ followers already. And instead, that's why, you know, all through the Gospels, it kept it keeps saying, go and make disciples. Don't don't just collect disciples that are around you. 
And, and we need to, well, another thought-provoking parable is about the, the rich ruler who decides to throw a banquet. And it says that he started out by saying, so he asked all of his friends to come, but they all had excuses. And instead, he's, he pulls his servants uh, alongside of him and he says, okay, now go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. And when he did that, the the word that kept sticking out is like, do our churches actually do things that are compelling to their community in order to get them to think differently and to say, you know what, tell me a little bit more. Right. Wow. That's, that's totally incredible. I love that story. And it is spot on. And throughout the Bible, you know, we are definitely challenged to step out of that comfort zone and you know, speak to those people who, like you said, maybe not think exactly sure. like us. And I think that we need to realize that not only are we supposed to be very attractional, but we're supposed to be salt as well. Right. And right. and the problem is that, you know, there's there's been worldwide perception studies done and and most people know what we're against, the salt part, but they don't know what we're for. And that's why be known for something is so important because it's just easier to be against a whole bunch of things than to what are we actually for? And if we're not controlling the message, the perception is that we're going to be against a whole bunch of things. And what we need to realize is that we're supposed to be known for love and love is about having the proper balance between salt and light. Yeah. And, and love does cover a multitude of things. So, so when we, when we are walking in love and truth and faith, you know, maybe, you know, that person or that organization that, that doesn't believe like we do, will be more inclined, like you said, to get more information, find that truth for, for themselves. For sure. And I think that, you know, sometimes we say tough love. I think all love is tough. Um, but is also giving. And I mean, it's just a very complex thing where um, I want to, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to figure them out. I mean, they're in a different spot than maybe I'm at, but ultimately Christ loves them. And I've just got to love them the way that Christ loved me. And I know that Jesus looks at me and sometimes just, I'm sure he shakes his head thinking <laughs> like, seriously, Mark, but yet he forgives me and he gently, sometimes not so gently pulls me back so that I'm on the right path. Right. What a gracious, gracious and loving God that we have. So it is uh, it's truly wonderful to to walk in the light of His love and faith and and mercy and grace for sure. I have had that same head shaken <laughs> throughout the course of my journey. I think I think we all have, and um, it's about learning, right? It's about having that open heart to to learn the truth and uh, to know that you don't know it all. I think is is <laughs> as we get older, we figure out we don't know what we thought we knew. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And even when you read scripture, you know, I'm always amazed because I get to work with lots of denominations and, and there are some parts of the denominational doctrine that I'll go, "Hmm, I'm not sure about that. That's not the way I interpreted the, you know, what's happening in scripture, but I'm, I mean, when I stop and realize how many 
good people believe one way and other good people believe the other way, I realize, okay, maybe it's not this or that. Maybe it's something in between. And I just have to, I just got to take a step back and realize I do not know it all. And, and there's some things that I just, I don't, I don't talk about ministry stuff that I'm, I'm just not sure whether scripture is one way or another. Right. Well, I had a tremendous revelation and that is, I am not God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank heavens. And I get all of heaven rejoices when I say that because it's like, if I was God, it would, everything would be like wildly worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'd be like uh, saying yes to all the emails, right? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, wow, Mark, I'm telling you, I I just, I would love to have you back on the show because there's so much we could talk about with branding and marketing. And I know that your, your schedule is crazy. Now tell me, you have some speaking engagements coming up. I saw. I do. I'm, uh, I I speak at a, usually around eight to 10 uh, different conferences across the country, whether it's for communications people mm-hmm. or for pastors or, or just church audience. Um, I, I can't believe I get to do what I get to do. I love, love, love helping people uh, understand the complexities of everything today. I mean, with websites and social media and email and content and all of those things, Right. I really try to get back to the principles so that people can stand out and actually be listened to again. That's exciting. So where can people find you? Well, be known for something.com um, certainly has uh, everything to, to find me however you want to. I, I've written over 800 magazine articles and those are all under the articles articles tab. There's the book tab there if there's somebody wants the book or or they can find the book, Be Known for Something at, uh, at Amazon as well at Be Known Book. Uh, but also pretty much all the social media on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, everything. And usually that's under Mark Mac 1023 or Mark MacDonald with the MAC. In yeah, there. I, I, I read about the MAC. It was MC. Now, you're, is it your dad or your grandfather changed it? My dad. Yeah, my dad <laughs> decided that, uh, and, and it depends on who you ask in our family, why he changed it. But, uh, but he, well, he changed it. He dropped the A from... <laughs> Or sorry, he added the A to his name so that we became McDonald's. Oh, that's exciting. Well, you have a tremendous ministry. And um, can you tell me just a little bit about a typical day in the life of Mark McDonald? Wow. A typical day is uh, I I get up and I usually spend some quiet time with the Lord and then uh, go to the gym and then come back from the gym just because I'm getting old. So I got to gotta keep this body <laughs> as uh, in shape as I possibly can. Uh, and then, you know, I, I'm writing an awful lot now, which is is kind of fun. I'm, I'm thinking about another book. Um, and, uh, and pretty much every week I have an article that's due someplace at, in some publication. Uh, but then I get to, ch- I 
really where my heart is, is I get to, to work with a lot of pastors. I'm also the executive director for Center for Church Communication, which is about 10,000 churches across the country. Wow. So I get a chance to talk to pastors and I learn so much from them and, and just trying to figure out, so how can they become relevant and needed? What mm-hmm. should they become known for? And then partnering everything that I know with, you know, design and SEO writing and websites and social media. How do we put that package together so that someone becomes known for something? Right, exactly. So with all that going on, my goodness, that's a full day. Um, are you taking on new clients? There's a there's a lot of churches that are connected to uh, the Branson View. And so I, I know they're like, probably like, let me get this guy's information. We need him. I would, I would certainly love to talk to to anybody. There, there's a cap on how much I get to do. Um, I have a team of people who work with me for collateral materials. So if somebody wants to, you know, develop a logo, um, I have some designers that work with me. And then on the website side, uh, developers. And then um, I, I guess that I... I want to help as many people as possible, and, right. and I would love to talk. If you go to our website, be known for something.com, uh, there's a there's a you know let's talk link, and just click on that, and you can set up a Zoom call so that I can. I and that's totally free of charge. I would love to meet and and hear what people are challenged with after COVID. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that have affected the church, but. But COVID is one of those things where I don't I don't know whether we'll ever be back to what we were before. A lot of people have chosen to uh, to not come back to church, and right. a lot of people need another way, whether it's that online um, church or you know, and trying to figure out how that online church looks different from your in person church. All of that thing, you know, it, it it's the regular conversation I have with a lot of pastors. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a, a new landscape for sure. And how, how do you see that moving forward? Do you see that just increasing people kind of gathering online? And what what does that do to our faith? And Well, and I, see, and I I think that the, the problem is, uh, and I'm I'm much older than you, so— Oh, um, no. <laughs> as, as I get older, I realize that the way we have always done things is not always the the right way. And and I remember my, the first time my kids, you know, I have two boys and they, I can remember them saying, dad, we need to have a phone that we can text message. And I'm like, why do you want to text message? And they're like, because all of our friends are on there. And it's like, you can't have friendships with text. And now, <laughs> I mean, I have so many uh, text message friends. Right. And and they're no less uh, important than the people I have in person as friends. Because friendships, um, it really is about content and the connection and the engagement. And so when we think about it, I think that we're we're very quick to say, you no, know, in order to go to church, it needs to be in person. Mm. And and we have a whole generation of people who have fully digital relationships. And I think that the church just needs to figure out how do we create a digital relationship so that we can truly engage and help and be a church, but it's online. Yeah. 
And and still, like you said, just feel that need of of content, nurturing, discipleship. And, you know, sometimes that's in person, sometimes that's distant. So Yeah, and most most times you can do it online. Um, you know, there are certain things that I think the church has got to figure out. Like it's hard to be baptized if you're just online. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there's some things that are gonna have to be worked out. Right. But we also have to figure out, so how can we do both and how do we do it with excellence and making sure that we like there's so much more potential on the online audience because because it's not like people don't have to drive in. They can connect with you. I think we've all been on, you know, somebody, a church's website and watch somebody preach from like way far away that we never had the opportunity to do when we were growing up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I am so excited that you are in like the center of everything that's going on with so many churches. And I know that, you know, God is just going to give you that wisdom and help you to help them figure out how to navigate uh, the new terrain and the online church and in-person and the hybrid and whatever else buzzwords we're, we're calling this new society, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and the thing is, is that it is a lot of moving parts. And especially, you know, there's, I talked to a church this past week who, um, who are still concerned about getting back into in-person, uh, you know, gathering. So um, hopefully COVID is, is going into the rear view mirror yeah, right. <laughs> and, and we can start to really figure out how do we do it in the future. Um, but, but I, I'm praying for pastors and churches. Um, there, there's a lot of challenges right now. If you're not a pastor that's listening right now, pray for your pastor, pray for pastors in your community as well as around the world and, uh, and do what it takes to become known for love in your congregation. Don't be critical. Don't, you know, come back and say, how can I help? And, uh, and that's where it's all at. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been such a pleasure having you today. And when we post uh, this interview, I'm going to put the links to be known for something in, in the commentary. And uh, so that way people can just click on that and order your book. I highly recommend it. I got my own copy. I'm so excited. Mm. I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, reading everything and and hearing your heart as a teacher and a, and a pastor, because you're a pastor of communication. And uh, it's just been so wonderful to to reconnect with you after all these years. And I'm praying for you and your beautiful family, Tammy, your wife of 31 years or? Th- yeah, almost 32 now. Oh my goodness. that That is to be celebrated. Absolutely. And your two, two boys um, and their ministry. And so just super excited about everything that's happening in your family. So from the Branson View, we celebrate your life and your business and your ministry. And we thank you so much, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to The Branson View, a weekly podcast dedicated to sharing stories about real life and business from America's heartland. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our sponsors and how to connect to us online, go to www.thebransonview.com. 
This episode of the Branson View podcast has been sponsored by an independent LifeWave distributor. Statements on LifeWave products on this podcast, website, or associated materials have not been evaluated by any regulatory authority. LifeWave products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. Always consult with a physician or other qualified healthcare provider before embarking on a new treatment, product use, diet, or fitness program.